Yes, sir. Back in action, man. It's been a long time. We took another break. <laughs> we came back for a little hot second and took another break. Life has been busy, you know. This is when that moment comes where podcasting becomes real difficult because during the day, you got another bigger project that you got to attend to. Man. Life has been difficult recently. Man. The, Life has been busy. Busy. Let me yeah. say it like that. Yeah, because we are blessed. Yeah, we are blessed. We are blessed, man. And we are BTG Nation. It's been a while, but we're back in action. You know, you got the OG over there, JK, Jupac, all that good action. I'm here. I'm Yates. Um, let's get some action here. What's up, man? It's been a minute, and I knocked almost knocked over the light. I gotta get my groove back. I got a couple new things in there. I wanna, I wanna use, but I haven't jumped on them like I used to in season one. I gotta get my sound bites together. Man. You just went overboard with all that. Crap. I haven't even started yet. We just getting in. We just getting in. Listen here, man. It's a lot that's been going on. You know, typically we give a a long field introduction, not too long, but today we're really gonna get into it. Um, beforehand, I, I got to do my, we got to do our drops because drops are important. All right. We are live from Dubai. Anybody that's a first time listener, this is my OG, high school coach, now business partners, basketball is life, all that good stuff. If you go back to past episodes, you'll find out more. If you're in Dubai or anywhere in the GCC, we are the lead guys for Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB on um social media man you know that that's our that's our baby that's that's what we're building to create some basketball culture here so if you're around blinks are all the way over here somewhere and make sure you check in with us um we'll talk a little bit more about about a little bit later because we've been making some strides oh for sure for sure oh, there's big things to come man man I feel real positive about it but you know it's it's playoff season. We we took a big break. We need to dive right into it. Yeah, because we took a break. And it, it was good, too, because some, the playoffs go so quick yeah. sometimes. And right now, finals, the teams have been, you know, announced. They've made their way. They fought through the gauntlet of the East and West Coast. And now we know that the Celtics and the Warriors are going to be the ones fighting for that Larry O'Brien trophy, mm. right? Now, a couple teams had to get hacked along the way and a lot of storylines along that way. You know, KD and the guys getting swept in the first round, the defending champs getting put out, um, the defending Western Conference champs getting put out in the second round, Chris Paul having a, a lackluster performance, Pat Bev jumping on his back about it, the Mavericks 
beating them and then coming up short against the Warriors and then the Warriors back here. I think this is like this seven or eight. I think it's number six. Number six in eight years. Yep. Right? Yep. Which is something you gotta gotta respect right because six and eight is tough especially since they didn't do what your boy in, in uh, Chicago did back in the day he did they didn't break them up <laughs> they didn't break them up they kept that core together even after injuries and things and okay. here they are yep. it's a little luck that has to happen to get them there but they made it yeah so, they, they made it with, with of course a little luck but also they've been unlucky because mm. they didn't have those injuries those other two years you know yeah if KD doesn't get hurt, Clay doesn't get hurt. Right. I've been seven. For sure. For sure. And a fourth one, right? A fourth win. So let's start there. Celtics and Warriors. Um, let's start with the pass that they took, right? The Warriors, they had to beat a young, hungry Grizzlies team. Yeah. And you know, I you know, me personally, I think if Ja didn't get hurt, it'd have been a tougher series. Very tough. Um, Very tough. You know, um, so, you know, again. Championship teams do what championship teams do, which is take advantage of every opportunity. Mm -hmm. And they didn't play around and they took care of business. Yeah, and they they got it done. That's for sure. Second round was a little bit a little bit easier for them. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, they had the Nuggets. Yeah, it's just that's that's Joker and Joker alone. And Joker alone. Yeah. Joker alone. And then the, this past one. Right, they got the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah overachievers. Now, now the Mavericks and the Suns is the series that really made the difference because yeah. we expected the Suns to be there. And I actually had the Suns going back to the finals, but as we all know, you get there once, you're not guaranteed to get there again. Right, right. right. Injuries and some things happen. Um, Chris Paul, he he spent out that first series against New Orleans. Yeah, he especially with Book being hurt a couple of times, he had to give all that he had. Well, let's face it, man. You know, they ran it back. They didn't really improve. You can't sit idle. You always got to add something. And, you know, they went into the playoffs. And we we all had them favored to go to the Western Finals. But um, they relied too heavily on Booker and, and CP3. And no one else no one else stepped up. That's an important thing that we're going to get back to, right? Because you say relying heavily on those two guys – but it's not like a Lucas situation to where they haven't quite figured out who that second, third guy is. You know, Jalen Brunson and, and Dinwiddie where Dinwiddie was traded and came in and, and Brunson, he's blossomed this year, right? Contract year, he's going to get paid. Shout out to him. You know, Rick Brunson, your former teammate. Yeah. But they had some very defined roles in Phoenix. You know, they underachieved because they were supposed to be back. But we'll get back to that because we want to celebrate the Warriors, right? We want to give them some respect because oh, sure. they did miss out on the playoffs two years, Yep. right? Um, Clay was hurt, came back in the middle of the year, and Clay is still finding his rhythm. Yeah. So a lot of people are giving Clay fact for, you know, how he's playing and having some struggles and things. Man. This man's been out of the game two years. Yeah. Right. Clay's lucky to be playing at this level. Man. He's balling right now. Coming back in the middle of the year. You know, shout out to Jordan Poole. Yeah. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins. I I will give him his credit for this series, this past series. He played well. Yep. You know, matchups were in his favor. Yep. Um, and he was able to take advantage of those things. Well, his confidence is flying high. He he's not the number one or number two. Yeah. So he can he can go out there and just be himself and um, you know, he's not a he's not a takeover type player. 
So, you know, this is a good role for him. Mm -hmm. You know, he could turn out to be one of the better number threes or number fours in in playoff history. Right. But but see, the funny thing is, is that the series before he was thinking it up, you know? So with him, it's about physicality, who's going to play physical there, and then opportunity, right? Luca and those guys, they held the ball so much. That's one thing. It's funny how the series before against the Suns, Luca was the next next thing uh, coming out of um, – out of Ohio, Akron, Ohio, <laughs> right? He's the second coming of LeBron. But now he gets to the Warriors to where he's stalling the ball and it's not working against that defense because he's holding it too long. And we've talked about that before to where in the playoffs, you can't have the ball just stick to one person. It's not going to work, right? But now he doesn't have enough help. <laughs> against hey. the Suns, he had enough help. But maybe now it's like he needs to expand his game. Well, here's the difference, man. It's not that... The guys playing against the Warriors would have been able to hit the same type of shots, whatever. But let's face it, Phoenix, you take away Booker and CP3, nobody else can score. Right. Nobody else can create for themselves. Mm -hmm. So now the Warriors, that's a different situation because everybody's everybody's flying around, coming off screens, coming off, you know, pin downs. Everybody else is moving. Everybody else can create off the dribble. I mean, you don't... You don't know who to load up on. And they play small. Right. So the Warriors, unlike the Jazz or unlike the um, the Suns, didn't take advantage of the lack of size. Right. The Warriors, and you, you look at Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Aiden, they're supposed to take advantage of a lack of size against anybody. You know, those are premier big, so to speak, in this, in this generation, right? That's what they say. But Kevin Looney was the one who destroyed on the boards. He was, I think he had 21 one thing. Because Looney plays as a big, but he's not a true big. Yeah. And he, and you know what I'm saying? He's a guy that he can he can switch out on um, <clears throat> on the perimeter. He's a guy that rebounds hard. He knows his role. Mm -hmm. he's, and Looney's not going to get more than five or six touches offensively a game. Right. You know, because he knows he, I'm not a back to the basket scorer. He knows his role. Aiden and Gobert, man, they're dinosaurs. Right. But then you say that, and then Curry says, look, the mismatch is there, and he goes and gets you 21, right? And so we can dump it down to Looney. Why is Gobert – we'll get back to that later. Come man. on, man. <laughs> and so the Warriors are there, and so congratulations to them. And then on the other side, I think the Celtics had the toughest path to get there. You're talking about these young bucks had to go through KD and Kyrie the first round. Even though that's a Brooklyn team that isn't wasn't at full strength or anything, but playoffs is playoffs. You get who you get, yeah. and the Bucks they tanked that second that last game of the season on purpose yeah. so they wouldn't have to see Brooklyn in the first round. Whereas the Celtics, shout out to Udoka, was like, "Hey, we want home court. Whoever comes, comes." Yeah. So they take out KD and Kyrie and historically great defensive effort yeah. sweep next round. They get the defending champs. They get the, a tough Bucks team without Chris Middleton, but still, you got Giannis. Now, I think this series right here exposes Budenholzer. Well, it not necessarily um, exposes him because if you remember, he was he was on the hot seat before, and they made a run and won the championship. He was on the hot seat. You know, if they hadn't won the championship, he'd have been gone. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so now it's back on him in terms of 
How are you going to make things work if you lose one of your main guys? So, I mean, he's back in the same situation. Yeah. The championship just bought him a little more time. Yeah. And and then they let P.J. Tucker go, who would have been a great, great fill-in for them, especially without Chris Middleton. He would have kept his size, yeah. some grit, and a few extra possessions would have been one. He might not have scored, but he would have no, got you a few extra no, possessions. No, P.J. would hit big shots. Yeah, for sure. He'll hit big shots. Sure. He'll take them as well. He's a You don't get rid of him and replace him with Grayson Allen. Yeah, because you know, he, he was scared, boy. You keep a vet if you can in running back. Yeah, so now it'll be interesting to see what they do. And then Miami, you know, that was a tough game seven on the road. You know, shout out to Jason Tatum for getting the, we'll, we'll get to this next, but they gave out Eastern Conference Awards and Western Conference MVP Awards. But Jason Tatum and Brown and Smart, they brought it home. Yeah. Right. And on the road in Miami against a tough Miami team who, of course, just like everybody else was dealing with injury. But you go through Amen. Miami, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. That's legendary right there. Hey, man, everybody dealt with the injuries, even the Celtics. Yeah. Smart missed some games. Horford played, missed some games, mm -hmm. you know, and um that's that's a gutsy call to sit them out a few times. Yeah, because they don't have they don't have a backup point yeah. guard, you know. And we all know Marcus Smart is really not a starter; mm -hmm. he's a backup. Mm -hmm. But I mean, but in his mind, his heart can't tell him that, right? You know what I'm saying? So he steps up. But everybody dealt with injuries, so you know. Shout out to Yudoka; they did it did a hell of a job, man. Those guys played well. You know. Hold on, let's go back to that. Ma Doka. <laughs> First year coach. Yeah. And you talk about the gauntlet that they went through. Everybody's going to say Jason Tatum, he did this. This was legendary, blah, 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 blah. But if you got a first year coach and coming in with a team, a young team that they got to figure out midway through the year, they were like 500. They go on a historic run defensively. You see everybody buying in. And you see that Jason Tatum is finally buying in on being a complete offensive player. You know, he had like eight assists the other night. Yeah. And then you go against all those legendary teams. First year, first season. Man, that's Balling. big time. Balling, man. Yeah. Now, we see everybody talking about what that means for Jason Tatum's legacy. Right. Do you think some people are being left out in that conversation? Well, of course, man. You know, you know, I've always liked Jalen Brown's game. Yeah. And he's, his game, how can I say, he's super athletic. He plays hard. Um, but it doesn't have the same, the smooth flair that Jason Taylor yeah. has. So, so people are gonna naturally um, gravitate towards him. And he came into the league with more fanfare. So, you know, that's just the way it is. But, you know, as you can see, there isn't any more of those two butting heads. They just go hoop now, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and a lot of credit to Marcus Smart because what he did, um, you know, in terms of like Calling becoming up. a leader and calling people out, Mm -hmm. You know, um, that kind of kind of galvanized the team, man. So, and then you bring back a, a vet like in Horford. Yeah, you know, that's big time. Yeah, Horford didn't come back at at his age uh, to be messing around. And and Horford is is kind of like being an OKC is like the the generator for all the old cats, right? Because <laughs> as soon as they leave there and get back out, they go and get you know CP three, get to Phoenix, go right to the finals. Horford get right to the finals. So, but yeah, they're going to talk a lot about Jason Tatum's legacy based on this playoff run. Yeah. But Jason Tatum is not getting there without that 
left hand that he got over there on the other side, the other Ferrari on there with Jalen Brown. Because yep. everything that centers around their defense, being able to switch, is it, contingent on those two guys being 6'6 six, six plus wings that are super athletic, right? Yep. And so we got to make sure we get that in there. Like everybody else is going to talk about Tatum, but we're going to talk about Tatum and Brown because Tatum was there and he had some moments he didn't show up and Brown was there for a couple 40 pieces, yep. right? And vice versa. When they play together, they're all good. What is this flying around? Man, what are you doing, man? Now, what are you throwing over here? For? Like, yeah, yeah, got get, you got the bucket. You good, you know what I'm saying? But we haven't been in here in a while. It looks like they haven't been cleaning the way we usually do. <laughs> but um, so who you got? First of all, you know, they gave out the... Um, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson Eastern Conference Finals Awards. How do you feel about that? <clears throat> Bringing that, because it's brand new. I, I like that, you know, because let's face it, with the popularity of the NBA now, people think that it was always like this. Mm. It was actually, you know, dwindling in viewership and um, they were on the verge of possibly going under. Right. You know, and, um, and you know, just by the grace of God, you know, you got... Larry Bird and Magic coming out the same year, basically, you know, and after meeting in the final, I mean, the NCAA tournament, you know, and now one is on the East Coast, one's on the West Coast. You, you know, couldn't it, write a better story. You couldn't, man. Yeah. So um, I think those trophies, you know, were named, you know, for, you know, two great players that, you know, basically saved the league. And so I, I think it's, you know, I think those are good names for those trophies. Have you watched the Winning Time series yet? I, I can't. You can't? No, I can't. Have you tried? No. Okay. Listen. Once I saw, once I saw like the the the, the actors and everything. No, nah, King. Listen, I, I promise you, I promise you, this one is is perfect. Like, because it details exactly what you just talked about, the relationship between our back and um. Dr. Uh, what am I, what am I, Bus, Dr. Yep. Bus, how Jeannie grew up in it, how she grew up with Magic, what it was like for Magic off the court and <laughs> on the court, what it was like playing with Norm Nixon, right? What it was like playing with Cap at that time, like that whole journey, what it was like with Paul Westwood, and then um, what, what was my guy's name got hurt, the coach, um, fell off the bike. The original coach, the one who started Showtime, but got hurt, and then Paul Westfall. Westfall, Westfall took over for him. Uh, I don't know, man. I well, you're a Lakers. I know, I know. I I remember his face though. Um, I can't watch that, man. No, it's 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 I, dope. It's I, high I, level. I already know about most of those storylines. I can't watch bad acting. As you know how I am. <laughs> you know how I you, am. they got the pictures. I think they got the casting perfect. I think that whoever the dude who played Magic, I think they've been grooming him his whole life to play Magic, man. He looked just like him, man. Captain was crazy. I didn't know he. I didn't know Kareem was like that, man. I didn't know Kareem was like that. And um, but it was really, really dope to see because they really dove into each of those. And it'll be a season two. It was so dope that it had Jerry West mad. I mean, Jerry West mad. I know. It pissed off. As an alcoholic, right? No, nah, they they were portraying him exactly how he was acting in real, real life. You know, he's from West Virginia. So they talked about how, and they said some things may be fictional, but we did do our research, right? Like his anger, you know, and, and they did give him credit for his ability to, to work the front office, put coaches in play work the players and get them together because he was a coach originally right and then they had to switch up Pat Riley I didn't know Pat Riley was on um, broadcasting with Chick Hearn <laughs> and before he got into the assistant coach with Paul Westwood um, Westhead 
But that just made me think like it's perfect timing for all that. Um, so who you got? That's the question. Who so you got? My, who you got right now? My mind is telling me Golden State just because they got championship medal. You know, um, and I think they're the better overall team. My heart is saying Boston. Just mm. because, you know, they got a Lamborghini on one side, a Ferrari on the other side, and they got a <clears throat> an S-Class Mercedes, you know, that thinks it's in the same level with those other two, man, at the point. I just feel like, you know, they're going to be, a, it's a different dynamic that Golden State hasn't seen this year in terms of, one, a better defensive team. Physically, too. And then just two, um, you know, now you're getting you're getting attacked from all sides, you know, as opposed to Luca, you know, one man show, you know, Jalen Brunson, those guys did play well, but this is a whole different animal. Yeah, this is a whole different. You know, Ja was getting buckets, whatever, but we're talking about Tatum six six nine, uh, Brown six 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 seven. This is a whole different animal, right? Yeah. So, you know, I can't. I can only pick one way. <laughs> like no matter what. I can't I can't fathom seeing Boston win and being like <laughs> I I picked them like there's no way I can't as a, as a Laker fan Laker Nation there's no way I'm ever gonna root for the Celtics and it's it's tough because I really really like Brown Tatum and Smart those are those are guys that are like us you know what I'm saying like we know some of them we hoop with guys like that but I just I can't do it I I, I can't and I don't. I'm not a Warriors fan by any means, right? And so if I got to say I'm saying Warriors in seven, <laughs> right? Like, we'll take it that way. But how do you see um, the Warriors winning? Man, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to Wiggins. Mm. It's going to, you know, Pool has been playing well, but in the playoffs, he's had some moments where he was pedestrian. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a moment he's never been in before. You know, Clay is um, um, Clay's either going to be fantastic or average because he's still getting his legs under him, and and Steph, you know, defense is going to be geared towards stopping, slowing him down rather than not stopping him. So Wiggins is going to be the key, man. If Wiggins, <clears throat> if Wiggins can defend Tatum and make life hard for him, and also put pressure on Tatum on the opposite end or whoever's guarding him, then the Warriors will win. No, no problem, no problem. But um, it's on him, man. He's got to step up. Hmm. You know, he, he, he can't be, he can't be Wiggins thirteen to six. Yeah. He's got to be Wiggins, you know, twenty piece yeah. every night. You know? And Gary Payton Jr. will be back too as well. Yeah, that'll be a good spot. Um, for me, when I look at this Warriors team, I'm interested in seeing how Poole and Clay play with each other, right? Because what always set them apart in that, those runs were their bench, yep. right? That that six minutes sometimes where they could just sit those guys down yep. and that bench and that second half team could push them further. So I'm think, I'm looking at their bench. I'm looking at what Jordan Poole is gonna bring off the bench. I'm looking at Kaminga and Moody when those guys get spot minutes, how are they going to change the complexity of the game? Whether it's a big rebound, big block, big dunk. What is Gary Payton Jr. going to bring as far as energy? How are we going to get that done? And so, and then and Poole, because I'm starting to look at it like Poole and Clay are taking shots from each other. 
right? And then Poole has more ball time. He handles the ball more. He gets some more of those one-on-ones. He goes off pick and roll because that's just the style that he plays. So how are they going to balance the two? And can they catch fire? How many times are they going to be able to catch fire? Because I think their, their bench is a little bit better than what Boston has um, offensively. A lot, a lot better. Um, so I'm looking at the bench and I'm like, all right, that's going to be the difference there, right? And staying out of foul trouble. But they are small and Boston does rebound well as also. So Draymond and Looney going to have to be on the boards. Heavy. He's going to have to gang rebound, right? Everybody's going to have to get chip in, get five, right? You talk about Wiggins. Wiggins going to have to get six. Yeah. Otto Porter's going to have to come in and get five or six. Um, but the bench is what I'm looking at for them. Well, Boston. How do you see Boston winning? You know, same thing. They're going to have to make sure they, you know, dig down and, and uh, you know, slow, slow, you know, Golden State up and, and, and not let them get in transition. And, you know, do what they – just do what they've been doing all year in terms of defense. But the key for Boston beating the Warriors is you got to attack them. Mm-hmm. Whoever Steph is guarding, I'm sorry, you got to be in attack mode. You got to put pressure on him defensively, one, to tire him out, two, hopefully get him in foul trouble, but three, just always keep him on his heels just to slow him down on the other end because, you know, he's coming across half court. So who is who is Steph guarding then? I mean, that's going to be interesting. Mm. It's going to be interesting because if he if he's guarding Smart, you know Smart is a bulldog. Yeah. You know, so I don't know because who's, who's the starters for Boston? Brown, Tatum, Smart, Horford, and... Grant Williams, I believe. So he's going to have to guard Smart. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's a perimeter matchup nightmare for Golden State, which we rarely say that. Mm-hmm. But this is a situation where um, you know Steph would be guarding somebody a lot bigger than him, a lot stronger than him, with a, with the scores mentality, you know, it, and a little bit crazy. But a, a lot. <laughs> he walking around with them green tips in his hair. <laughs> Mind you, yeah, that boy country. But but that's because for me, I think Boston wins by being physical. Because I, I don't think outside, I'm, I'm sure, outside of Draymond, nobody else on that team plays physically. Looney if, plays physical. Fit Looney, yeah, Looney. I give Looney that. Looney and Draymond. But the most physical players on Boston team are guards. Yeah. And so when you got to meet the physicality at, at its apex, it's got to be Steph and Clay and Poole. And Joy, uh, Gary Payton might be the only one that's that tough. But he's not going to be playing 40 minutes like Steph. Right. And so now I'm looking, everybody's talking about, look, Marcus Smart is going to run off every screen. He's going to close out hard. He's going to be there every time. And then on the other end, he's going to have a couple times where he look at Steph and he's like, I'm a, I'm just going to drive it right through your chest a couple times. I'm sure he's going to hit Steph a few times. No, no he's going <laughs> to he he hit him. He's going to keep, if Steph is guarding him, he's going to keep Steph on his heels at all point in time during the game. That's just yeah. that's just the way he plays. Yeah. You know, so now who's gets who gets final MVP? Right. You I'm making my pick. I'm saying uh Warriors in seven. And I'm saying Steph finally gets finals MVP. If the Warriors win, Steph's getting it no matter what. Right. He he's just he's due <laughs> and <laughs> he's, look how he said that, right? Yeah, you know, they gotta give it to him. Yeah. Celtics get it, you know, it's going to be Tatum. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's going to be big time. Yeah. And I like the way it's set up. Now let's get into some of this um, this stuff individually, right? So 
what does Steph Curry's legacy have on the line right now? When, what does it mean? Lose, what does it mean? His legacy right now is on the fence in terms of top 20 of all time or top 10 of all time. Hmm. They win, he's top 10. Um, people, I don't know if I would move him up to top 10, but most people will move him in the top 10. He loses, people going to put, put him in that top 20, probably leave him there. Because it, it, it's time. You know, um, if you've been to the finals six times in eight years and you are, you're the only guy that's been unanimous MVP, you have multiple MVPs, you're the so-called leader of this team, you have to win a championship and be finals MVP. Mm -hmm. Just have to. That's the only way to round out your resume. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about that top 10 talk, people are saying that's already cemented. They're, asked, they're saying if he wins, he's Mount Rushmore in top five. Now, my problem with this is I've been watching every list come out the last couple months and things, and Kobe is either on the outside looking in or they barely getting in. And it's a guy who's nine-time All-NBA defense, one of only four people who had average 25, five and five in the finals, five rings, two of which he led his team without any real all-stars or super team guys, right? And you talk about the leading assist man at the two-guard position when he finished, <laughs> right? And we're talking about him not being in the top five and they saying barely top 10. And then we got a guy like Steph who they saying is Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Mount Rushmore. I never said that. That's what they say. Like, that's, that's why we're here to where we got to bring some... Um, some context to this situation, right. right? And so part of this legacy talk, the, the mixing, is they're saying, will Curry be over KD in legacy? Because people they're saying he has a better overall resume. I don't agree with that. Only thing he has over KD is the second MVP, right? I mean, he got two rings. And once you get enough rings, it is what it is, right? So everybody will say, we talked about this off air, I'm never going to put Curry over Kevin Durant. It's not the same, right? Different beast. You, you, but you have to make sure you you really break it down. You have to explain every to everybody because when you turn there's which which player you would pick and which career you would pick. Mm -hmm. So that's there's two different things. Um, in my mind right now, Steph, I say career wise they could be equal right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Player wise, I'm taking KD. It's no, yeah. it, I'm not even thinking twice about it. Right. You know? Well, this is this is my thing. What's the stain on KD's career? What what is it that everybody? Because this this year everybody is putting um you know this first round exit on them and everything. But you know, ironically, only Steph gets the benefit of the doubt with context, right? right. right? The, Nobody really cares listen, if it's anybody else. But listen, disregard all that crap. People who make those statements are just people looking for um, to make a name for themselves. MJ, LeBron, everybody's been swept before. Right. Man, everybody's been swept before. Right. That's BS. For sure. Um, you know, Steph has has been to the finals, whatever, but he's also been Hold on, don't 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 do stuff yet. We're gonna get into him. But KD, okay. what's KD's stain on his resume as a player? The the only stain, the only two stains on Ste uh KD's career 
in my my mind is one they had the Warriors down three mm-hmm. one, lost to them, and then he ended up joining them. Mm-hmm. So those are the only two for me. Right. I don't this this past season getting swept. I don't think about that. But yeah. those are only two. Right. Two. Yep. Now when you look at Steph Curry. Yep. Right. Nobody talks about his weaknesses or the troubles that he's had into his career. Right. Yep. Everybody. I saw something that said, hey, because um, somebody was saying Clay could be uh, a number one option at on another team. And somebody made a joke, say, yeah, Clay's leading a number one team. Uh, lead, being a number one option would be a lottery team. Right. That team will automatically be lottery. Now, funny to me is, if I'm not mistaken, there's been two years where Steph Curry has been the number one guy, focused guy. And did the Warriors make the playoffs in either of those years? Um, no, they lost in the play in. Lost play in. And then the year before, yeah. and then the year before, they weren't very good either. Right. And so we won't talk about that. You know what they'll say? Well, he had a young team. Right. Well, KD left. Well, Draymond wasn't wasn't well. Correct. Well, Clay was hurt. You don't give anybody else the benefit of that doubt. Nobody else. When you talking Mount Rushmore, you talking top ten all time. Kobe had some teams with Smush Parker and Kwame Brown in the West that he led to the playoffs yeah. and lost lost to a Phoenix Suns team that they probably should have beat. But he led that team. There was no excuses for him. Yeah. There's no excuses for KD. Yeah. No excuses for anybody. But for Steph Curry. He had two years where he had a chance to lead, as you guys say, like everybody else. But I'm sure they'll bring out stats, right? But that's not a thing. But this 73 and 9 season, I'll let you say. You listen. <laughs> you can't be 73 and 9, lose after being up 3-1, and then lose game seven at home. That just can't happen. I'm sorry. That's that's a that's that's a big round fluorescent stain on your career right there. Cause that's something that's never been, that's never happened before. And it happened on your watch. Right. When you're Mount Rushmore. Now you think about that. Kobe been beat by 30 in the finals, right? Magic, he done took some lumps. Yeah. LeBron done took his lumps, right? Um, Tim, done, Tim Duncan done took his lumps. Shaq done took some lumps. Everybody done took some lumps. But nobody, right? You talking about you the best, you top five, you might, you top ten. No top ten player has ever been up three one and lost, or had a game seven deciding one on their home floor and lost. But we're talking about Steph Curry being top five, being better than so and so. But that one historical moment, that's his. Yeah, that's his. Yeah, he's got to eat that. Yeah, but that's that's bigger than anything. Now, they lose that, right? And what's the other stain on KD's career? Going to the 73 and 19? Yep. But it's twofold, right, King? Right. I went there, but y'all recruited me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that, <laughs> this is real talk. Now, people forget, if they didn't call him, he may not have gone. He, I, I don't think he's calling them saying, yo, y'all need another? So, I mean, they called him uh, ASAP. Man, you know, and so um, and they went to the Hamptons. Yeah, they recruited, <laughs> so that all that's got to be taken into account. You know, all that's got to be taken into account because let's face it, man. When you start talking about the guys creeping into the top ten, and you start separating dudes based on individual talent, 
um, team accomplishments. There's a lot of ifs there. If KD wasn't coming back from Achilles injury, hmm. if his supporting cast wasn't injured or crazy, you know, you know who I'm talking about, and if the Lakers, if AD wasn't hurt, man, we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. Right. I'm, this is real talk. And, and everybody that's got so many negative comments to say about these other players, like, we wouldn't even be talking about this. It wouldn't even be a, we, right now we'd be looking at Brooklyn and the Lakers. Right. No question. And, and this is where I think people look at me like a Steph hater sometimes or whatever, but this is where I always get frustrated when we aren't objective when we look at Steph. The reason why I'm like, look, Steph is amazing, right? Yeah, Steph sure. is great. But the, we got to give more credit to Steph's career to Mark Jackson because Steph came in a time to where if if he was drafted anywhere else, he wouldn't have had the same career because he wouldn't have had the same green light. Mark Jackson gave him the keys before anybody else. They wanted to trade him to they wanted to trade him to Milwaukee instead of Monte Ellis. But Steph, Mark Jackson said, hey, this kid and this kid are the two best backcourt shooters ever before it was even proven. Yeah. And then he gave, the they put the battery in the back of Draymond, yeah. right? And so now he allows them to go out and beat him Steph. If Steph has to do what every other NBA point guard has to do when they get into the league, what Derrick Rose had to do, what Damian Lillard had to do, what all of them had to do, it would be a different career. Because yeah. right now, he's not a great passer, right? He's better at it, but that also has to do with the offense because the offense flows different, off screens, hitting slips and everything. He's not a good defender, right? He doesn't playmake for others. And I hear people talk about all the time, he's a playmaker because of how he runs off the screens and he gets attention for that. I, I know a little bit about basketball, right? That's not a playmaker. You're drawing attention, but that's a, that has to do with the motion and the, and the different options within the offense. If you're not running that motion offense that Steve Kerr has put in place and you're running everything from the top like Ja Morant <laughs> or like Damian Lillard and then you're looking at the defense or you have to be James Harden, that's different. But a lot of Steph's career is like, hey, it won't be the same if you don't have the green light that Mark Jackson gave you and it allows you to spread those wings that way because your game is not that. Well, Mark Jackson, I'm not going to say he just gave him the green light. He just allowed him to be himself. Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes you got to look at players and say, you're not the prototypical two guard. You're not the prototypical small four or whatever. But you got to the league for a reason. What did you do to get here? Yeah. And so we need to make sure that you're always playing to your strengths. And that's what Mark Mark did, man. I mean, I mean, so that was that was, you know, smart on his, you know, behalf. And um, you know, Steve Kerr comes in and 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 sees some similarities in Steph that he had in his game because Steve wasn't a real point guard. Yeah. He was more of a, you know, an undersized shooting guard. Mm -hmm. You know, Pippen Pippen brought the ball up most times, you know. Especially late in the you know late in the games, so um, so those guys you know shit, yeah. He's 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 had good coaches that understand what it takes for him to be him. 
Yeah. That's, that's good, man. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my only gripe. When we look at Steph and his career, we don't talk about everything in totality. I know he's light-skinned. I know he's a good Christian guy. I know he got both his parents and he's married. And he just, and it's a, it's, it's a picture perfect. His dad was in the NBA. Like, it's a picture perfect poster child for the NBA. But when you talk about basketball and you talk about everything we dissect the top five, top 10 people about defensively, showing up in the big games, closing out the big games, making other people better, carrying a squad. We don't give him that same, that same stuff. Never, by no means. And that's where I'm like, all right, let's be objective here. Steph is great. There is no shooter better than Steph. I give him that. He's amazing. But after that, Right. Where does it go? Yeah. He he never led the league in assists. (laughs) He never led in assists. What? I used to think it was just, um, you know, the the issue of just him being a smaller guard Mm. and they get more love. But Chris Paul takes a lot of heat. Chris Paul right now on a lot of, you know, blogs and a lot of people's podcasts, Man, he's rotisserie chicken right now. People going at him, you know, but they're forgetting the man's 37. Yeah. You know, right. And he's never, he's never come up small in the playoffs. He's come up injured. Yeah. But, you know, he's been the reason his teams have gotten that far. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, so I can't say it's just the, you know, Steph being a small guy, uh, small guard, you know, getting the love, but um because he's light skin, man. <laughs> my boys tell me I got I got a problem with the light skin. So I'm like, nah, you know, my brother yellow. But yeah. it's just that, like, you know, let's be real here. Let's yeah. be real here. Yeah. And and you know, I'm I'm a I'm a fight for, for being at all times. Like nine times all NBA defensive team. You said he wasn't, he was a selfish guy, but he averaged 25, 5, and 5 in the finals. And he led all NBA two guards in history with the most assists at that position. Never talked about, right? And that's that's a complete game. You're talking about triple threat, pass, but shoot, it, but here's here's where and it defend. Gets, here's where it gets lost sometimes. Kobe with some of the other greats, because they do so many things well. Mm-hmm. People don't know what to focus on, right? But when you're Steph, we that know one thing. We know he can shoot it. Yeah. So we just yeah we just go off that, but we don't talk about like you know everything his overall game. So yeah. you know that's just how it goes, but. He's got a chance this year. Yeah, he got a real good chance. He's got a chance right know. now to to rewrite the narrative. Yeah, you know. So, and then I this is this was not on the docket, but I wanted to talk about this because it popped up. Because you mentioned Chris Paul getting hurt and having to carry. Now I think what we see with Chris Paul, John Morant, and any of those small guards, I think it should make us have more appreciation for Allen Iverson. And Isaiah Thomas. Yep. Now you talk about being six foot and under and being the best player on your team, head and shoulders, and leading your team in the middle of eras that, you know, for AIs, Shaq, Kobe, T Mac, Vince Carter, Man. and you know, on the tail of a lot of different people. And then Zeke, you stole two back to back during MJ Magic and Bird era. Hakeem. At six foot and carry that. I don't think there will ever be two guards that small like that that'll be the best players on their team and carry the team, the load, and get them all the way to the finals, let alone win. Yep. 
Like, job would be the closest thing to that. But in this day and age, it's not going to happen unless he upgrades that position that Dylan Brooks is in because he's trash. <laughs> I've been waiting to say that. He got to go. You know what I'm saying? I don't think. He, he actually balled out when when um, Morant was out there. Listen, man, that guy, he he's one that needs to come off the bench. If he comes off the bench and he's like 6'7", man, that's, that's, that's fire right there. But if you are leading two guard, that ain't going to cut it. But you talk about Zeke and A.I., what they did, and, and then that makes us look at, we got to look at Chris Paul a little bit different too. Understanding he's six foot in a game to where when you're six, five, six, six, your height alone allows you to impact the game different. Yeah. And you watch Zeke. I didn't. It, it's nothing to talk about, man. He was just a, a killer. A broken ankle. I mean, he was just a killer, man. He could do, he could defend, he could shoot. I mean, he could do everything. You know, of course, people didn't shoot the long balls much back then. Um, because that just wasn't the style of play. But I mean, Zeke was a bad. I mean, come on, man. Like, yeah. pe for people to even leave him out in terms of the conversation for top point guards after Magic is 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 just utterly ridiculous. So, yeah. some little hater stuff. Yeah. Now we got a couple quick things to get to. Pat Bev. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Bev. You know, this is my thing for Pat. Just so disrespectful yeah. for yeah. you to say something like that. That's Pat. That's all that that's all you heard Stephen A said for like two weeks. Pat was going crazy. Now, you know, a lot of people talk about code and all these other things. And the NBA media and NBA players responding different to Pat. But I, I like Pat. I like I love I love JJ Reddick. I love JJ being up there and he being an equalizer for a lot of those clowns that we got. But I like Pat's energy. He's a little unrefined. He gotta, you know, he gotta get you got to get polished over there. But how do you feel watching Pat up, up there? Most of the things Pat said made sense, except the Chris Paul slander. That was personal. And that that's just personal. I mean, yeah. anytime you can go back to you guys being in high school, it's personal. <laughs> he said, I cooked up. It's, per <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's personal. So, you know, that, so, you know, I, I, I do love the fact that he, you know, he carries a grudge, you know. So, but um, everything else, you know, hey, man, he he calls it out the way he sees it. Yeah. You know, that's why I love Pat Bev, you know, and uh, when he went to uh, Minnesota and, you know. Got him to the playoffs. Got him to the playoffs. Yeah. Man. You know, now their so-called guns didn't come through, but um, he did his it, job. It, you know, it's just one. It's just one, because I ain't going to do that to Ant. Because Ant did what, he's, what a rookie would do, a young buck, not a rookie, like second year, whatever, playoff. But it's, it's Cat. This cat, he ain't a gun no more. He a little water gun, you know. <laughs> Not the real guns, like the little squishy ones you get from the dollar store. He ain't got it. But I like Pat. I like I like the the movement because it's the new media yeah. where players are taking charge. You know, it allows us to do this yeah, for sure. <laughs> to where the, those voices are there. So I like Pat. I like that energy that he given over there. <laughs> CJ McCollum just joined the analyst um, for ESPN as well. Okay, yeah, so he's good. Yeah. I heard him a couple of years ago. He's good. Yeah, he's good. That Lehigh product. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to be sharp. Market, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm not even going to get into the Kyrie, Kyrie and Katie uh, skeptical, but DeAndre Ayton. Well, why would you gloss over that? Because, you know, people are saying it's funny how the Celtics and Warriors are in the championship and then Kyrie and Katie left them, blah, blah, blah. But KD's situation is a little different. Kyrie... It's been like three years since he left him. Yeah, but 
realistically, when he went there, we knew it wasn't gonna work. Right. I told you that. I said he's not. He's not what they need. Yeah. What was the guy that came after him? Uh, Kimba. Kimba. It wasn't gonna work. Mm -hmm. You can't have somebody that's gonna go out there that needs more shots than your Lamborghini and your Ferrari. Yeah. It ain't gonna work. Yeah, it is what it is. But you know, we'll see what next year. You know, keep people were talking about um, a Russ and Kyrie trade. You know, little you know, it's draft season right now. They're saying Palinka and, and Sean Marks were talking <laughs> at, at some of the workouts, but it's not gonna happen. The Lakers doubled down, said that we're gonna keep Russ because we don't want to give up any picks, right? And so, with that being said, we do finally have a new coach. So shout out to D Ham, Darvin Ham. <laughs> Darvin Ham, former player, Texas Tech legend. You know, he really got got his respect for all, from all of his peers. Um, you know, I do remember watching him play with the Bucks and things with with Big Dog and and all those guys. Um it it fits into the new trend, the upper trend of black NBA coaches. You know, Darvin Ham, with Darvin Ham, we now have, I believe, uh 15. NBA coaches who are African-American. Um, and then if we include Spo into that, it's 16. It's half of the NBA is coached by uh, minorities. And I believe um, before the Hornets coach was just recently fired, it would have been 17. And so we have Chauncey, Darvin Ham, Doc Rivers, Dwayne Casey, Ime Udoka, Jamal Mosley, Jason Kidd, J.B. Bickerstaff, Mike Brown, Monty Williams, Willie Green, Wes Unsell Jr., Tyron Lou. Steven Silas, and Nate McMillan. All right, so you know we got it. Fire! That, that right there is beautiful to see, right? Representation on the floor, on the sidelines. Next step is going to be in organizations, um, hopefully. But we've seen this once before as far as the league having an upward tick in black coaches. But what makes this period different? It's really not different. Yeah? It's really not. Because if you if you take a look at, and I want to be, I'm not hating, I, I want to be 100% honest. Chauncey Billups in Portland, he might be done soon. Yeah. It's a whole different scenario than he envisioned going before he went. They set him up. It, I mean, it's just... He should have he should have read the writing on the wall, man. It's, that's not a job to take. Doc Rivers, he's he's on borrowed time right now. Dwayne Casey has been on hot seat with Detroit. Um, Udoka's good, of course. Ham's gonna get I four years. He got four years. He got four years, okay. But now, what is that saying? That's saying that one, we don't like you enough to give you the five like they gave Luke but we're gonna give you one more than we offered Ty Lu. So four, it says four, it really could be three plus one. Right. So we don't even know. So that's that's a setup. Um, you know, Jamal Mosley, Orlando, yeah. it's borrowed time. J-Kid, he just got a two, three year extension for sure. Bickerstaff is straight. Mike Brown, Sacramento. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. We'll see how that goes. Monty yeah. straight, Nate McMillan, He's going to have to make sure he gets them to the playoffs next year or he will be on the hot seat because the expectations of the organization will be too high. Especially with Trey. Yep. Steven Silas, Houston Rockets. Um, I think I think he saved himself at the end of the season. 
I think he saved himself. Steven Silas, Houston Rockets. Let me tell you. You got to watch your back. I'm just telling yeah, you. Yeah, he definitely watch his back. Ty Lewis straight. Um, Wes Unsell Jr. Come on, man. That's the Wizards. That, yeah. That organization. He could be fired next week after this list came out. <laughs> Willie Green is straight. Right. I mean, listen, man. We've seen this before. Yeah. We've seen this before where there's an uptick in black coaches. I think you I, you gave I, us some uh, numbers on that. Yes. What's, what's that? What's that? Season? Off. I I, I want to say at that particular time, I think there was 14. Yeah. It was 2012, 2013. Yeah. And, um, you know, there has to be a better opportunities for the you know the minority coaches in terms of having a legit chance to be successful. Mm. You know, some guys are just space fillers. Mm. You know, and yeah. um and and you look at some of the names we just mentioned. If some of these guys had never been head coaches before, they wouldn't take those jobs. True. They wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't take those jobs. You gotta take them, right? Yeah. Because you may not get that opportunity again. You may not get the opportunity again. You got to grab the guarantee bag, and you got to get the got to get it on your resume. So you just have to. Um, the problem I have is it's always going to be up and down with the uh, minority coaches based on the current trend. Hmm. The current trend right now is, and this is behind you know this is backroom talk. Who can? control the locker room better. Mm. So if you look at these guys that now, look, most of them, players. most of them are ex-players yeah. that were leaders on the court or just 100% professional at all times. Yeah. And so these are guys that, these are guys that are respected from management on down to, you know, to the roster. And so that's why they're, you know, getting these opportunities because you got situations like, you got a Kyrie in mm. in in Brooklyn. You need somebody that he can relate to that when they say something, he's really going to respond and respect them. You know, you have <clears throat> Harden. You got James Harden. You know, you got somebody needs to be able to mentor these guys and really tell them, the, you know, what's really going on as opposed to just stroking their ego all the time or saying stuff in general fashion to the to the team, expecting this person to understand that they're talking to them. No. I'm talking to your ass. You know, this is what you need to do for this team to be successful, and um, you know, and somebody to hold them accountable. So, um, I'm I'm excited, but I'm also skeptical just because I've seen it before, and you know, the the all star players have to do a better job of supporting these guys. And I'm not saying this you any all star player should buy into what their coach is selling, whether their coach is white or black, but knowing that. These some of these minority coaches have been um, long, long time assistants, or they've never had a real shot as at being a successful head coach. You know their struggle just to get the interview, so you should make sure that you are definitely a model citizen, citizen, and you're you're really buying into what they're preaching to give them the best chance to be successful. Man, the same way James Harden goes to bat. And plays hard for Daryl Morey and, and Dan Tony. Yep. Do that for Willie Green, right? Do that for JB Bickerstaff. Do that for those guys. Do that for Darvin Ham. Yep. Now, I am going to be interested to see how Darvin Ham uses um, Russ 
you know, they already talked about some of the biggest things that we have to get done is to get AD to play the five, which he doesn't want to do, even though he knows the game is shifting to that direction and has been because he's not done, but he doesn't want to do it. Getting LeBron to play reduced minutes during the regular season so we can have him towards the end. But you know, Brian, how he feels about minutes restrictions and cutting it down. Stop, he ain't really stop, on stop it. Stop that shit. He will play, he will reduce his minutes if he knows that the team can win some games. That's the, I mean, listen. But but again, what does that entail still? That the first thing we mentioned has to happen. Right. Well, that's what right? I'm saying. But the reason LeBron has been playing so many minutes is because he, shit, if he didn't. Yeah. I mean, and then the second is Russ, right? They're talking about making Russ a screener and everything. I'm going to be interested to see how the scheme change and offense changes to better adapt to Russ, because it didn't adapt at all to his strengths. It didn't adapt to anybody's strengths, really. Last year's offense was terrible. Rotations were terrible as well. So I want to see um, who he hires on his staff. That yeah, that'll be, be important. interesting. Um, I think, I'm sure Phil Handy will stay there. So hopefully Russ will take some guidance from Phil, because they said he refused to do any one-on-one workouts with Phil, with skill work. See, all right, so here we go again, right? And I've never been a coach on that, not even close to being on that level. But man, who are you? Like, that's just that's just absolutely crazy. You know, you won't work with your top skill guy on your team. Even if you did something where you said, you know what, I have my guy, but I want you guys to collaborate. Like, you got to do something because everything that I do needs to be within the scheme of what the type of the type of system that we run. And see, that's where, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna say this. That's where you need a coach that if your star player it was to buck, you can buck back. Because, you know, if you're a little, you know, you're a little dude, you, you know, you soft spoke, they ain't gonna respect you. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you make 47 million or not, you gotta have some type of respect in there. Yeah, know? that's word though. You're gonna lose your job either way. If you don't win. Mm. So you might as well, if you're going to lose your job, at least put forth the effort to try to make the right, you know, right decisions. Word, word. Lake Connection, we're going to try to get it together, man. We're going to try to get it together, but we got time, you know. But uh, BTG Nation, I know it's been a while, but thank you for tuning in. That right there is the end of the first part of our three-part series. Um, That first episode was all hoops. Stay tuned as part two. The fallen soldiers or the ones they don't know about drops. As always, keep it real, keep it simple, and keep going.